Real Presence Live. To be patient to share Christ, but to be urgent, you know, just take advantage of that opportunity, that open door, that little bit of trust. Local. When we're truly and fully alive as Catholic, we have hearts that are actually that desire the good of the civil order. Engaging. But I have to start the day off by saying, you know, Father God, I offer myself to you to do with me as you wish. Live. There is a human longing for beautiful things and traditions. And if these aren't found in the church, people will seek them elsewhere. Good morning. I'm Heather Caro. And I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald. Thank you for joining us this fine, beautiful morning on Real Presence Live. We are your hosts for the next two hours. Yay! Woohoo! Happy New Year! Merry Christmas. <laughs> Dr. Bergwald, I hear you have a prayer to get us I started have this a morning. Prayer. This is the prayer. Um, today is, liturgically speaking, it's the Wednesday after Epiphany. We're, we're still in the Christmas season, um, wrapping it up here on Sunday with the baptism of the Lord. Um, and I thought it might be uh, a good way to start our day by praying the, the collect or the opening prayer from Mass today. Perfect. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O God who bestow light on all the nations, grant your peoples the gladness of lasting peace and pour into our hearts that brilliant light by which you purified the minds of our fathers in faith. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Perfect. My time here is done. Thank you very much. <laughs> and Have a great Dr. day, Dr. Bergwald <laughs> is out. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, we have an exciting morning. Uh, next two hours, lots of guests to fill these next two hours. So let's go to Gregory, and he's going to update us on what's happening today. Good morning, Gregory. Good morning, guys. So coming up, you? good. How about yourselves? <laughs> good. Good. So coming up this morning, five years ago, a couple of people saw a need. Today, seventy-five volunteers serve over eight hundred people each week through the Ministry on the Margins movement. One of the women will share some of the success stories from this ministry. And our Straight Talk guest this morning will be Father Darren Schmidt. So be sure to call in or post your questions on Facebook during that segment from 9.30 to 10. And have you ever been on a retreat? Ever wonder why people give up an entire day or weekend to talk about God? Taylor uh, Lynn will be on to tell us why she looks forward to spending her weekends focusing on God. All this and much more coming up this morning. Wonderful. Thanks, Gregory. I, I, I thought, Heather, I thought we should just like keep interrupting Gregory as he's trying to preview the that show. That would be fun. That would be fun. <laughs> just to, but we'll I, do it I during the weather. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> so how was your Christmas, Dr. Bergwald? Uh, it was and still is good, Heather. Thank you very much. That's true. Yeah. Uh, but Christmas Day, I know Amen. what you, know you meant. Um, good. We, um, we, we've been staying in Sioux Falls for the last several years, and then we go up to my hometown where most of my family is, parents and sisters, um, in the central Minnesota area, the Brainerd Lakes area. And we left a day early to beat the storm that came mm -hmm. through for Christmas. Glad we we did because um, we got up to Crosby, Minnesota, my hometown, um, Wednesday early evening. That night it started to snow. It snowed for about 24 hours and got, they got a foot from that storm. Wow. There was like nothing there when we got there. There was a foot within by the second day. Yeah. Was, our white was, Christmas came awesome. a couple days after exactly. the first day of Christmas. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. What about you? Well... I was in Yankton, actually, for Christmas, and that was good. I got to see my 
nieces and nephews, and it was my first Christmas without my daughter. She mm-hmm. was at her father's, mm-hmm. and I had talked about that a couple times yeah, on the did. radio. Yep. And guess what? I survived just yeah. fine. <laughs> 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 I have uh, nieces and nephews that kept me entertained and distracted. <laughs> that's, that's, what, that's what kids are for. That is. so. Well, let's get on to our first Sounds guest, good. shall we? We have Sister Kathleen Atkinson with us this morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for joining us this fine morning. How are you? I'm excellent. Little cold, but it happens here in North Dakota. (laughs) It is is January in the upper Midwest, (laughs) right, sister? That's true. That's true. Wonderful. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm a Benedictine sister of Annunciation Monastery here in Bismarck. I have been a Benedictine sister for, oh, 28 years. Wow. Now I now have the opportunity to serve as director of a program called Ministry on the Margins, which is based here in Bismarck also. So what is Ministry on the Margins? You know, Ministry on the Margins is, rather than a program, we really refer to it as a movement of people, volunteers who are throughout the, primarily the Bismarck-Mandan area, serving people who just fall through the cracks especially during times of transition. So, we, Sister... We are tra- volunteer-based and donation-based, and yeah, just this great movement of, of people responding to a call, you know? So when you say times of transition, what, do you, what are some examples of transitions that, that people can fall through the cracks in? You know, the first call of transition, the first transition where we identified that was from prison and then prison re-entry back into society. Mm, right. You know, just last week I sat down and re-watched the old movie Shawshank Redemption. Oh, yeah. I don't mm. know if you're, you know, and when they come oh, yeah. walking from that institutional experience, you know, just think yeah. of if you've been gone for 20 years and then mm-hmm. you're suddenly put in the middle of the downtown mall and needing mm-hmm. to go, you know, this was, this was pre-cell phone, all of that. So that's a huge transition, you know, but those other transitions when you move into, um, from homelessness into housing, and you have nothing, so how do you get those first uh, furniture, and how do you get the first Mm. clothing when you've Mm. been unemployed, and then you start a job? That's the transition that we support people in so that it can be possible. Right. Um, a sudden medical crisis that throws your whole world, you know, last month you were healthy and had a job and housing, and this month you've got huge medical bills and are grateful you're just alive, but you don't know what's... So all those things that just don't fit, because mm-hmm. you're in that transition time. Right. Well, and you said that it was uh, people that fell through the cracks. How did you, How did your group or the movement first... Get started. How did you even find out that there were people that were falling through the cracks? Well, the first thing that happened to me is I had the the courage to do something that had always been in the back of my mind, and so I called up the chaplain at the North Dakota State Penitentiary at the Men's Maximum Security here, and I just said, oh, do you think there's something I can do there? Hmm. And he said yes, and I thought, oops. (laughs) (laughs) There I was. And I went so in that first night. Oh, So yeah. did you just feel yeah. called? Did you feel called by God to make that phone call? I come out of a family and then out of my Benedictine community 
you know, where we've always been involved in service. Mm-hmm. And being a person here in Bismarck, I'm, I'm aware, um, you know, I'm aware that we're the center of the correctionals facilities, and I've read about these things, and so that was just a piece yeah. of the poor that I started to wonder about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it really was that. It just had been in the back of my mind, and one day I just called and said, do you think? Huh. Yep. That's the way God works in my life. Very, you know, no big thunderbolts or anything, but just quietly kind of making me uncomfortable until I take an action. Mm-hmm. That's a great way to put it. So, Sister, uh, Gregory mentioned as he was sort of previewing the show, um, referring I, to, I, to Ministry in the Margins, that there are now 75 volunteers involved. Um, I'd like to talk about how many people you're serving in a minute, but right now, just with the volunteers, how did you grow from yourself calling the mm-hmm. penitentiary to 75 mm-hmm. people helping? After that very, I mean, that very first night inside was such an overwhelming experience. I'm the type of person that when I came out and people would say, well, what are you doing? And I'd start to tell them. And two things happened. One, there were other people that said, I've always wondered about the poor here in Bismarck, and we have a lot of good services, but... Is it meeting everyone? And, and, you know, what about the two months before your SNAP benefits, the food stamps begin? Mm-hmm. How do people mm-hmm. survive? So I started to talk, and people said, I've always wondered. And the, sec- and the second thing that people would say is they'd say, you know, my grandson has really been struggling with drugs, and he's kind of in and out of jail. So they would also claim it as part of their experience. And so I... I come from youth ministry, campus ministry background, and that first Easter I put signs around downtown Bismarck and in the areas that we know where the poor and the marginalized lived, and I said, you know, happy Easter, come have banana splits. (laughs) And people came, and I believe that's where Jesus went on the day of his resurrection. And, And people came, and we found some of the hotels and some of the rundown homes, you know, and people who we just asked people, and a couple of volunteers just showed up, and it really was at grassroots. And then after we finished and we were cleaning up, they said, okay, what can we do next? And that's always been our, you know, what did we hear from people, and what can we do next? And then more people came, We and... People just come in this morning right now as I'm on the radio. There are 15 people who are preparing a food pantry breakfast and um, bingo. You know, and these are just volunteers that come in to help. So it's really word of mouth and, the, and I mean, God's movement. Couldn't mm-hmm. be any other way. So this started with a phone call and a visit to the prison. What is the facility? What does ministry on the margins look like today? What what kind of is it a facility? We we incorporated um, the Benedictine Sisters of Annunciation Monastery. My community started this out with the incorporation, and we have now become an independent corporation under our sponsorship. 
Mm-hmm. We have moved three times. We're never moving again. But the facility <laughs> right now, never. And you heard it publicly. <laughs> it's on record. Um, yeah. We now have 7,500 square feet, actually in the same building as Real Presence Radio in Bismarck. Um, We have a clothing pantry. We have a food pantry. We have meeting rooms. We have a chapel prayer area. We have a kitchenette and a hospitality center. Um, We have some computers. And we have people that will sit down with people and help them apply online for jobs. Mm-hmm. So we have some job coaches. So that's what we look like now. We also have people who are going into the prisons and into the jails and into the homeless shelter uh, with Bible studies and prayer groups. And these are all volunteers that have just um, done the same phone call that I did. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Real Presence Live. I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Heather Carroll. And we are on the phone with Sister Kathleen Atkinson in Bismarck, North Dakota, talking about the Ministry in the Margins movement that she's involved with. Um, I would have said started, but I'm sure you would have protested at that, Sister, because this is the Lord's work. Um, <laughs> I'm hanging on for the ride, yes. <laughs> there we go. Exactly. Amen. Uh, so so how many people then, so all these volunteers, this mm-hmm. facility that God has blessed you with, how many people do you serve um, on however, however often a basis, how do you how do you speak about that to people? We serve over eight hundred people a week, oh. and some of them, yeah, you know, some of them. We have a wonderful person who's done their whole life with statistics, and Deb keeps those, okay. and um, so she can say that in our food pantry we distribute an average of four thousand pounds, like. That's a couple tons of food every week. Wow, yeah. Uh, Yesterday morning, in an hour and a half period, we had 67 households who came in and received food. Wow. We also had a couple thousand pounds that groups brought in and donated. So it's just, we're the pass-through of all those gifts. Wow. Incredible work. So, thinking about your ministry, and you're talking about transitioning mm-hmm. prisoners out of prison. What about their families? That's often something that's overlooked. Yes. Is their families at home? Mm-hmm. You know, that's a piece in my whole learning curve that I have to say. We also use the phrase here, like I didn't know. I'm a Benedictine, mm-hmm. so listen is the first line, you know, in the rule. But we listen, and then we say, I didn't know. And when I read about the opioid addiction that is, you know, decimating our country, I don't stop and think about the fact that these people are in their 20s, 30s, 40s, which is when they're having children. And so how how is this impacting their children? You know, every person who's incarcerated has a mom. So how do you support her spouse? How are these people being supported while they're, son, daughter, grandson is unincarcerated. So we have a support group that's called When a Loved One is Incarcerated. And where else do you come together and talk about it? Mm-hmm. Uh, in that group is a spouse, and there's a great-grandmother who's scared for her 20-year-old you know, great-grandson. So we offer that. Some, we have offered rides 
when a, a grandparent can is taking care of the grandchild to bring them down to visit. You know, especially for women who would be gone for two years. I heard you mention, you know, being a mother and just imagine being separated for two years and then you're supposed to re-enter and have a healthy family because you're going to probably be only 25 and how do you live the rest of your life after the incarceration? Right. So we do a lot of that question asking and the listening and then we say, well, let's try this or that. Wow. So, Sister Kathleen, how can people find out more information about this wonderful program, and how can they help support the program? It's a movement, Heather, movement. not a program. Sorry. Movement. Ah, sorry. <laughs> well done, Dr. Bergwald. Because we're located in our, in our center, but we're kind of out in the prisons and shelters, ministryonthemargins.com is our website. We're most active on Facebook. Okay. And, you know, do up-to-date things. Okay. All right. So, yeah. Well, God they bless your wonderful that work. That would be our Well, thank you. Thank you, and thanks for getting the word out there. We're just immensely blessed, you know, even um, blessed in, in the people that come to us to volunteer. We have enough finances, we believe, very directly that we have enough to do what God's calling us to do. And so people support us financially. People support us volunteers. Amen. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Sister Kathleen Atkinson, for joining us this morning. Thank you, Sister. Thank you. Have a good one. We'll be praying for your movement. Amen. (laughs) Please. Thank you. Well, it's very, time for our much. first break already, Dr. Bergwald. It's, that was a great interview. It was. It was great. We have a lot more coming up. Don't forget Straight Talk at 930. But we'll be back here just with a little banter. Banter. Dr. Bergwald and banter I. Banter with Bergwald. We'll be back in just a moment. Live, engaging, and local. That's Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi, everyone. This is Andy Shaw along with Father Mike Malloy, wishing you a wonderful and blessed new year. May God's blessing be with you all in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Have a great 2019, everyone. People think A&B is in the copier business, but we're not. We are in the people business. Whether it's coffee and water, managed print services, document management, or our newest editions of promo gear and managed IT services, we've got you covered. At A&B, we're number two because our customers are number one. We can be reached at 1-800-477-2425 or online at abbusiness.com. We all appreciate the comforting things in life. Great food, laughter, celebrating Mass together, and good friends. At Riverview, you can enjoy all these wonderful things. But it is the friendship and sense of community here that makes Riverview home. We share stories, laughter, smiles, and our Catholic faith. Try us out with a mini vacation or join us for Mass five days a week. You can contact Kelly for a tour at 701-237-4700 and online at homeishere.org. 
Hi everyone, Steve Sponskowski here, Executive Director for the RPR Network, inviting you on the Real Presence Radio Northern California Mission Pilgrimage, April 4th through 9th, 2019. We will visit some of the missions of St. Junipero Serra, the wine country of the Sonoma Valley, and sites of San Francisco. We'll be staying at a beautiful retreat center with easy day trips to the sites. Cost based on double occupancy is $1,936, or if you want to get your own flight, it's $1,358. For more information, please call 877-795-0122. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday on Real Presence Live. It's Straight Talk from 9.30 to 10 a.m. Central. You're addressing critical Catholic issues in a fun way. Straight Talk is your opportunity to share questions and comments on topics relating to the faith or on things happening in the world around us with our local hosts and priests. My question is... I have some questions about the bishop. Very good questions. Thanks for the guidance. Straight Talk, 9.30 to 10 Central, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday mornings on Real Presence Live. Hi, this is Brad Gray. And this is Janine Vitson, your host on Real Presence Radio. And we want to wish you and your family a happy new year and God's blessings throughout 2019. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you local hosts and guests from across the region. Now back to the show. Good morning, I'm Heather Caro. And I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald. We are your hosts for Real Presence Live for the next hour and a half. Yeah, well, and? Well, hour and 40 minutes. Those lucky people out there, I tell you what. So, it's host banter time. It's host one of my favorite banter. things to do with Dr. Bergwald. Oh, no. Why? I find you very interesting. I always have. <laughs> <laughs> I find you fascinating. <laughs> I'd like to study like, you. Like, like if this were, like we, if we're on video right now, Heather's got it's that thing where you got your like your hands are fingertip to fingertip, <laughs> sort of like the mad scientist. <laughs> <Yeah>, exactly. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, what are we talking about? Well, I wanted to talk about New Year's because. Even though it is the ninth day of the new year, this is our first time hosting in the new year. So I kind of wanted to chat about the New Year's. <laughs> is, is the year old, Just the one. See how many times you can say New Year within a certain yes, and how I how time. many times I can say it wrong. Right, New Year's, New Year's. Yeah, yeah. Because we're going to do more than one year. So I guess. far, so good. So yes. So do you believe in New Year's resolutions? Do I believe in them? <laughs> Yes, there that? are New Year's resolutions. <laughs> they do exist. They do exist. All right, we can be I done now. <laughs> I don't really, I don't really make resolutions. Uh, you know, so this goes back to my graduate school days. Uh, I studied with the Dominicans, and Dominicans. Okay, you asked for it, Heather. Okay, ready. So, um, a resolution is an act of the will, right? You, okay. I resolve right. to do yeah. something. Okay. Uh, so Dominicans, though, give primacy to the intellect over the will. Oh. So so. <laughs> I would not be good. There, at there that, was an Irish, <laughs> an Irish Dominican, great priest, Father Paul Murray, um, who's he. He doesn't make New Year's resolutions. He makes New Year's insights. Hmm. Like he, he, he to have uh, new insights for the new year, not to make new resolutions. So to That's be very his. self-aware. So I, I, I don't know. To me, you have to choose to have an insight, though. So I don't really <laughs> got how that works. Exactly. There's a lot of people that need more insight. Right. 
Um, so I didn't. I don't really set out every year to come up with either insights or resolutions. But this year, interestingly, perhaps providentially, um, I did. I did get an insight that led to some resolutions for me, particularly around how I use technology. Okay. There's. Um, he's actually. A, uh, his name's Cal Newport. He's. He's got a doctorate in computer science from MIT. So he's wicked smart. Wicked it smart. Packed the car and have it yard at MIT. <laughs> I know you say MIT with that accent. Anyway, um, <laughs> and he teaches he teaches computer science at Georgetown University in Washington D.C. Um, and he wrote a book that I read a couple years ago called Deep Work. Fascinating book. Loved it. And I was reminded just more recently about um, about him. Um, uh, came across him just before Christmas. He's got a new book coming out called Digital Minimalism. And especially because he's a computer scientist, the fact that he um, he makes the points that he does about how stop letting your tools use you, mm. but use them instead. So especially with technology, mm-hmm. like how, how often... I don't remember, his, his, on his blog a couple months ago, he had a post about... Um, just referring to some study on how many, literally, Heather, hours the average American spends just checking their email or check and checking their social media. Yeah, just and do that click of the button just, of your just, phone yeah, to see what's going yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. Alerts. And it was, it was like, and for me, the big way, thing for me is email, how often I'm checking my email because I'm one of those, I'm a little bit compulsive, um, Inbox zero. Have you heard of inbox zero, Heather? No, I haven't. What? It's when you get your inbox down to zero emails. Oh. None. In, none. In, and, and, and I and I practice that. There's such a thing. Uh, yeah. There is like it, zero unread or zero zero inbox. zero zero in the inbox. So I practice wow. that. But here's the problem, and my coworker Eric Gallagher would tell you this. Chris sort of misses the point because I get to inbox zero, but then I'm checking it all the time because I want to keep it there. Mm-hmm. No, the point of practices strategies like that is to free yourself from the tyranny of the email inbox so i should only i write my resolute my insight was i have allowed these tools i'm allowing these tools that i'm supposed to use i'm allowing them to use me if you will and my resolution has been i am i I only and so far so good but it's the 9th of january Mm -hmm. um i'm only checking work email twice a day and all, Excuse me? Yeah. Twice Why? A day. What? I only check work email twice a day. Okay, that is insane. Well, I have my work email up as I don't. Speak. I always do. I, I don't. I normally would. I really? Don't. So nope. you see that little number one in your thing and you don't go check who emailed Exactly. You? See? See? They want you to check it. <laughs> they. It's, it's, it, is, it is actually. Is it a conspiracy? It's not a conspiracy. <laughs> it is, it's supposed to make it helpful. But, the, but Google and, and so especially Facebook with social media, they want you to check. They, they, notifications, they want you because that's how they make money, Heather. Well, I have two things. Two things. First, I'm. Sitting here in awe because I didn't know that you were so tech savvy that you even knew what Inbox Zero was. Oh, I love te- I love cool, technology. You're way cooler than I, I thought. I love technology. <laughs> wow. Kidding. Wow. The second thing is how did you know that this became a problem? Um, about a year and a half ago, not long after I read Deep Work by Cal Newport, I started to unplug a little bit, not checking um, news sites and blogs as much as I used to. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the first. But even more recently, I realized... I always have my em- em- email open, and it, it's like I have to get my dopamine hit. 
there is a dopamine hit. The dopamine is the chemical yeah. in your brain. It's, Seriously? There is, yes, yes. There is a chemical with, reaction. Yeah, with any habit that we form, mm-hmm. any addictive habit, there's a little dopamine, dopamine hit that we get. So when, so for, I realized I'm just checking my email to check my email. I don't need to be checking my email. Why am I, because it's disrupting my workflow. The people of the Diocese of Sioux Falls pay me, God bless them, through their Catholic Family Sharing Appeal dollars to be fruitful in my work as the Director of Adult Discipleship, not to check my email all day. Right. How much of checking your email or your inbox or your text messages and Facebook, how much of that is for your own vein and glory? No, it, a lot of it is work-related, but, but I'm what I'm doing is... It, it, to me, it's, it's about just being smarter in my workflow, my, my, my habits at work, so that I'm not so f- like by focusing my email to one or two times a day, I'm just dealing with it all then, and then I'm free to focus on the other things, maybe the presentation that I need to be preparing or the book that I need to read for the presentation, That's so true. that I'm so I'm I'm focused because this is also a fact that our minds. If if we distract ourselves, it's, it takes a long time to get back in the zone. If you it's will. totally the squirrel effect. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Totally the squirrel effect. Yeah. So I'm trying to minimize the squirrels in my own life. Yeah. We, so. so well, and I think that's fascinating because now I'm going to start looking at that because I don't know how many times my fa- my email does a squirrel effect. Yeah, and squirrel effect. I mean, we're talking from the movie Up. There's this point yeah. when somebody is 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 looking, you know, at something, and then all of a sudden he gets totally distracted by a squirrel, just like a dog would. Yep. And they're like squirrel. Yep. So for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, squirrel for. Exactly. That's what that means. <laughs> but then it, it is true because then I feel like I need to handle whatever it is at that moment. Yep. Yep. Hmm. And don't 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 give it that power. Don't give it that power. Well, you next time you're on, we'll need an update. We'll talk I'm, more about sure. I, I, happy to. I'm going to remember to quiz you on your. Sounds good. So no, no longer zero inbox. No, I still get there. You do. Yeah, but it's during the, my time to when I process the inbox. It's called. So process the inbox. process the inbox, Heather. All right. Well, sounds very interesting. I'll have to see if I can't. Process the inbox. Pro- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Very good. Well. Uh-oh. What does that mean? Stump the Bergwald. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> it's time for Straight Talk. We're going to have uh, questions from our listeners. And uh, from 9.30 to 10 this morning for Dr. Bergwald and Father Darren Schmidt, uh, if you have questions for them, please give us a call, 877-795-0122. Again, the number is 877-795-0122, or you can post your question on Facebook. So good morning to Father Darren Schmidt. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And she beat me to it. I wasn't. I thought you were. You could say Happy New Year. No, but I wanted to say Merry Christmas. (laughs) We still have a few more days. We do have a few more days. So, eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. This is Straight Talk. This is your chance to ask Father Darren Schmidt and Doctor Chris Bergwald any questions you might have on faith or current events. Current events is their favorite thing to discuss. I I actually this is 
this is not a scripted one, but I've, I've got a question for Father along the lines of what we were just talking about. about okay. M- Merry Christmas. So, just a co- Heather, is it okay? You as like the moderator? Do oh, I am I the permission? moderator? I don't know. I'm, I'm making you the okay, moderator. Okay, I like to. Yes, yes, Doctor Bergwald, you have my permission. Father, what, I'm curious. Do you have any practices to celebrate, or do you know of, to celebrate the Christmas season? You know, we we know, I think, as Catholics, how to celebrate um, the Advent season. But sort of traditions in the home, um, things. I've, I've truly. This is a question that I've wondered about for several years as a family. How can we celebrate not just the feast, the solemnity of Christmas itself, not just the twelve days, but even the entire Christmas season, which isn't more than the twelve days that go to Epiphany traditionally. Um, but like this week that we're in right now, between Epiphany and Baptism of the Lord, it's still the Christmas season. But what are do you know of any devotions, traditions that that people practice um, or can practice to celebrate this season before we enter into ordinary time? Yeah, I think just the simplest one is to to keep if you have uh, Christmas decorations at home, just to keep them up keep them out until uh, this season is, is really over. And uh, even uh, further back, they pretty much observe the Christmas season even until uh, February 2nd, which would be Candle Mass when, right. uh, and the presentation in the temple is commemorated uh, 40 days after hmm. uh, the birth of Jesus. Um, but even just to go until the baptism this Sunday or other things like that, uh, those are vi- very visible mm-hmm. ways in the home uh, that we uh, remember, can recall each day that we're still in this season. Um, other than that, I don't know. There are particular devotions uh, that we can definitely uh, take up, even as a family. Uh, now, we might be in various places different times of the day but traditionally you'd pray the angelus together at 6 a.m now right depending on <laughs> what your home looks like at 6 a.m that might not be possible right. but maybe before leaving for work or whenever mm-hmm. that works and then at noon but then at 6 p.m maybe when everybody's home again mm-hmm. uh, to to pray the angelus together huh. um, recalling the incarnation especially in a great way to to remember right yeah yeah well and i think the sad part about all of that is that i heard that i can keep my tree up now till february <laughs> <laughs> I guess thank you you want to be careful about the fire hazard <laughs> <laughs> if it's a real tree well you're listening to straight talk it's our segment where you can call in with any questions you might have for father darren schmidt and dr chris bergwald this morning uh the number is 877-795-0122 or you can leave us a message on facebook like tiffany did tiffany left us a message dr bergwald i practice email zero also and only check email twice a day. So freeing, and it makes me more productive. I love Cal Newport's Deep Work book, so I'm really looking forward to his new one. He's having he has a new one. Amen. Yeah, uh, digital minimalism. So, okay. Father, we were talking just before this break a little bit about um, uh, not allowing technology to use us, as it's very easy, especially social media and email, to do. Um, 
yeah, Cal, uh, deep work is about um, sort of freeing yourself from the tyranny of technology a- at work. His new book, Digital Minimalism, is coming out February 5th, and it's about um, freeing yourself from the tyranny of technology in your personal life, so not being hmm. a slave to social media um, as it's very easy to become. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah, thanks, Tiffany. I, I, um, I'm striving to do those practices, as I said it myself. So um, the, more, uh, the more of us who can support one another, <laughs> the better. That's right. Well, if you have a comment, feel free to leave it on Facebook, or you can give us a call and ask any question you might have. 877-795-0122 is the question. So... Is the question? That's the phone number, actually. I guess. To ask right. questions. Ask questions. <laughs> Whatever. You know. All right. Another Facebook post. Carissa on Facebook. Good morning. I have a question for your show today. In a parish classroom used for faith formation, there's a stack of 20 Bibles. It says children's Bible on it, but it is a written Bible with chapters and verses, not the storybook picture type. It is a Protestant Bible. What is the right thing to do with these? Oh, it's in a parish classroom. Father, what I guess my thought initially, <laughs> um, it's fine. I, I think it's uh, it's fine to use Protestant Bibles. I mean, sometimes it depends on the translation. The 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 problem, um, I, I guess, would be it's missing those seven books in the Old Testament that, that we include in our Bibles. So they're incomplete. Um, and depending on the trans, sometimes, and this is even true of, of some, not many, but some Catholic translations too, um, some translations, frankly, are just bad translations, and and I don't and hard to recommend. understand. Yeah, well, sometimes they just like paraphr- You see translations that are really paraphrases. Oh. So depending on what kind of Bible it is, now I would say if you're looking like what is the right thing to do with them, if you if Chris say you mean how do I dispose of them, Father? I think because even though um, it's they're incomplete Bibles, Protestant Bibles, would they still be disposed of the way you would another sacramental bearing or burning, or what? What would what do you think? Well, or even to to find a different place to give them to. Oh. Or, Great point. Uh, yeah, because they can definitely be used by others. Uh, yeah, I would just I would answer the same that that they're incomplete and and uh, say so you might not use them or be able to use them for certain lessons in the Catholic classroom, but. Uh, if you wanted more complete Bibles, you could definitely find a home for those somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, Would it be wrong for them to use those Bibles um, if they don't have any other resources available? No. Yeah. I, I wouldn't see any problem with it. Unless it is yeah, just a bad translation or uh, a paraphrase that really gets away from uh, the sense of the original um, the original books. Huh. Yeah, I, I, um, I've seen some r- actually, again, despite the fact that they're incomplete, some very good ch- translations, the Protestant translations of the Bible for children where it's not, as Krista says um, in her comment, they're not storybooks. They're not just paraphrases of the, of the Bible mm-hmm. stories. They're actual translations, but translated to like an elementary level. 
so kids can read them. That was so my I, next question. So I have I have used Bibles <clears throat> like that. So if that's what we're talking about, I, I would agree with Father that um, there's nothing. If it, if it's a, a good translation that way, there's nothing wrong using it. Just again recognizing that they're incomplete. All right. Very good. Well, thank you for your question, Carissa, on Facebook. If you have a question for uh, Father Darren Schmidt or Dr. Chris Bergwald, you can post it on Facebook, or you can give us a call at 877-795-0122. Again, the number is 877-795-0122. So I had a question that I had been um, asked by someone in passing, and I won't say who, but they wanted to know... Um, they grew up Catholic, went through confirmation and all the, you know, the normal things as a teenager, um, and then stopped going to church for about 20 years. Um, what does it take to come back to the Catholic faith? Um, they're not married. They don't have annulment issues, things like that. But do they have to go through RCIA again? What does it take to become Catholic again? Or are they still Catholic? Mm. All it would take is a good confession Amen. in most circumstances. I mean, there are definitely things they can do and get involved with to uh, to try to supplement the Catholic education that they've already received. Uh, there are uh, usually programs within the parish to for adult formation or, or uh, things to get back into some of the doctrine that they might have forgotten over the years. But really to to get back into the sacramental life of the church, uh, all it takes is a good confession. Well, and I like how you said that, the sacramental life of the church, because you can still attend Mass. Um, it's just receiving the sacraments that become suspect. <laughs> I, I, I think many Catholics do. Uh, I'm not surprised you got that question, Heather, because I think, Father, a lot of people have th- this idea that if I've been away, um, in order to come back, there must be some involved process to go through but there's not as long yeah. as there's not a marriage issue or as, as Heather as you said it's just a matter of making a good confession it's that easy yeah it, yeah hmm. so encouraging really for those fallen away Catholics that if you're if you're stuck in that limbo good confession and it's you know if it's been a while I think the one thing to remember about going into confession with a priest is you just say you know it's been 20 years be kind <laughs> <laughs> and they'll oh, walk you help through, you through it, it. Yeah. Right, step by you'll, step. You'll so. walk us through it. And, so. and, and recognizing, of course, there's the seal of confession, <laughs> the degree that you're even able to. Have you um, been able to uh, participate in those those absolutions, those confessions, where somebody's been away from the church for decades? Yeah, and it's really simple. Uh, even just now, hopefully, you've made a good examination of conscience and there are different guides that you can find online or little pamphlets that that sort of list usually according to the Ten Commandments or uh, the principal sins uh, even I've had occasion where they haven't uh, they haven't done that beforehand mm. but I can very quickly and simply walk them through mm-hmm. right the Ten Commandments and um, just to to bring to God uh, the main ways in which we wander from Him, mm-hmm. and I would imagine for you as a priest, what a what a a gift it is to be able to participate in somebody's reconciliation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what a blessing. 
Well, if you have a question, you can submit it this morning on Facebook, or you can give us a call at 877-795-0122. We have two very smart people. I'm not one of them. It's Dr. Chris <laughs> Bergwald and Father Darren Schmidt here to answer your questions. I'm just a bystander here. Again, our number is 877-795-0122, or you can submit your question on Facebook, and we'll get to your question. Looks like we have somebody on the phone from Sioux Falls. Becky, good morning. Good morning. And you have a hey, question. I just a, yes, I do. Say, I was just curious... Um, my family had moved away from my hometown before my younger brother got confirmed. He is now 40 years old. He's never been confirmed. Um, I guess as I'm watching my daughter approach confirmation now, um, I'm just curious. I'd like to get him confirmed. I'm curious what steps we need to take or if you can, before I present this idea to him, I guess I'm curious um, what needs to happen for him as an adult to get confirmed. Because he's still practicing the faith, does he go to Mass uh, regularly on occasion? Not regularly, but he does okay. go to Mass. On okay, okay, okay. Yeah, a lot of times if, they, if they're missing one of their sacraments um, and there is a more formal process or they're often put in with... Uh, if the parish has an RCIA group, just to make sure that, that they have uh, the correct understanding of the sacrament of confession and, and are able to complete their initiation in the faith. Uh, but really, bottom line, you just have to check with uh, the parish priest uh, to find out what the practice is. Uh, in that area, there's um, okay. yeah, but if somebody's been baptized, if they're a Protestant, let alone your brother was baptized as a Catholic, um, they don't. Yes, we went to Catholic have, school up to us. So yeah, yeah. So they, so he wouldn't have to go through RCIA. It might be the practice uh, in the parish that he's part of, where he'd just be put in with that. But it, I, yeah, what Father said, just if you ask your parish priest, he might be able to receive uh, the sacrament of confirmation in a uh, a quicker time frame than the RCA process would entail. Because I think he, ha he has some regrets with all that, how that mm -hmm. transpired. Um, so I guess he ha there's some guilt there on his part. So I'd like to, so we need to, he's moved to the east side of Sioux Falls now, so I need to find him a new parish and we need to get this addressed. So, so I just want to talk to a priest at a parish. Yeah, yeah, and and I personally would recommend St. Lambert's Parish. It's on the east oh, side of Sioux boy. Falls. It's <laughs> it is a good parish. Well, I will say that's really close to his house. So okay, yeah. That 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 is that is my parish, but yeah, any of the Saint Therese, uh, Saint Lambert's Holy Spirit, visit with any of the pastors at any of those parishes, mm -hmm. and and they should be able to help out. Okay, no, I will awesome. try to get him on board here. So okay, thank you. Great, thank you, Becky. Thank you, thank you right, Becky. Bye. All right, that was a great question. The number is 877-795-0122. If you had a question for Dr. Bergwald or Father Darren Schmidt, you can give us a call or you can submit it online on Facebook. Again, our number is 
Father, I think it's another example of how people, um, understandably, I think, think that sometimes it's more complicated than Mm -hmm. it really is. Some things in the church are complicated, uh, relatively speaking, but some things are pretty straightforward and simple. Mm -hmm. A similar situation that that comes up, uh, I don't know, fairly often nowadays, is just people, Catholics that have have gotten married civilly, but for whatever reason, they didn't go through marriage prep in a Catholic parish, and the, and so they they don't have a sacramental marriage. Mm-hmm. But then to, it's going to look a bit different, I think, for uh, every couple on how to how to remedy that. And so it's it is really important just to to meet with a pastor to say this is our situation. Uh, What's the best way forward? Because it's one thing if, if they've been married for 20 or 30 years, uh, probably more comfortable with just saying, well, meeting with them maybe a couple times to right. go over what is sacramental marriage. Uh, but you you already have a lot of evidence to say that, that they can live it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so to convalidate it, whereas if it's, uh, fewer years that they've been married, they might have uh, more preparation uh, to to go through. Right. Well, and real quick, we have another call that's coming in, but I wanted to clarify for those that might not know it. <coughs> con- validate, con- Convalidate. Convalidating. Yep. What does that mean, and what does it look like in the Catholic Church? Do they have to have another wedding? What's it look like? Well, uh, oftentimes... It doesn't, uh, like the exchange of consent and the vows are usually uh, Mm -hmm. repeated inside a church and in front of a priest or deacon as a witness on behalf of the church uh, to bless the marriage. And then just two other witnesses. So it doesn't have to be a big production. Right, yeah. Yeah, very, yeah. Okay. That's what I wanted to get across. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they might order pizza afterwards. There you go. <laughs> and if you're lucky, you're invited. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we have our next caller on the line. Tonya is listening in on AM 1280, and it's our Moorhead signal. Good morning, Tonya. Good morning. Thank Good you morning. for calling. What You have a question for them, not me. <laughs> <laughs> So it kind of has a, I don't know, I don't know, I feel like there's a double meaning sometimes. Um, the question is, what's the difference and is there a difference between, like, purity of heart before God, and then how does that translate into living a morally pure life, especially in today's culture and society? Um, and kind of the history, historical backing of that question is, I have a friend who works for another religious denomination, um, and we were talking about purity, and the, the church is, one of their teachings is that they believe in, in purity of heart before God, but then when it comes to, like, homosexuality and transgenderism and all that, um, that's okay. Um, and so, like, there's no purity on that end, like, your, your sexual um, way that you show that. Um, but and yet they want you to be pure, bef- you have a pure heart before God. So I'm just wondering, is there a difference, 
or are they tied together? Yeah, Tony. Yeah, thanks. For, that's a great question. Um, I think your your intuition, what I what what I was hearing from you, um, is correct. There, they, they do very much relate. So, a, a a clean, a pure heart before God, a clean heart. I think of the Psalms and how we're called to have a clean heart, a sinless heart before God. We're sinners, but we strive to be sinless, to be holy, and then that does have implications, repercussions throughout our life, including in how we live purity, chastity in terms of sexual morality. Um, and so I would say that it sounds, based on what you're telling me, that there might be a disconnect um, in your friend's church's doctrine, um, sort of recognizing the importance of sinlessness but not recognizing that some practices aren't in fact sinless. Father, what do you, what do you think? Yeah, I think um, just going to the etymology and the meaning of the word purity actually comes from the idea of an undivided heart mm. and so even in our approach uh, I mean we want to have an undivided heart be belong completely to God and in that way uh, that that our relationship with God would not be separate and unrelated to our dealings with with other people and and uh, following God's plan for our our concrete humanity or uh, the way that our bodies are constituted and the plan that that God gives us uh, for our sexuality and so um, yeah it should all be connected and, and not divided uh, in that way I think, Tony, my guess is your your friend will probably agree and say, oh, yeah, it should be the same because they don't see that some practices are, in fact, sinful. That's mm. that, that might be where the, where the problem yeah. is. Mm. So. Mm -hmm. Did that answer your question, Tonya? Yep, that did. Thank you very much. Great. Great. Thank Thanks you. for the call. And if you wanted to call in and join the conversation, it could you can change the subject if you want. We let we'll let you. The number is eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two or you can submit any questions on Facebook. So interesting yeah. straight talk this morning. So one um in, in case we don't get another call, um reading for the new one of the things father that heather and i were talking about um before the straight talk segment was new year's resolutions and insights i actually shared i don't know if you heard it, uh you studied the angelicum in rome as well correct yep. um father paul i was sharing with heather and the listeners father paul murray who's a dominican talked about how you know it's it's, it's a very uh as Dominicans, they don't privilege, they privilege the intellect over the will. So Father Paul t said once, uh, he doesn't make New Year's resolutions. He seeks New Year's insights. Just being nice. <laughs> 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 I knew you, I thought you would appreciate that. Um, re but a lot of people will, uh, at the end of the year, beginning of the new year, sort of look back at what they read, look ahead to what they're going to read. Do you, um, are you, are you one of those guys who sets out to read particular books? Do you have a reading list of things that you want to read for the, the new year or? Well, there are definitely books that I need to complete. <laughs> Oftentimes, <laughs> I get, this is probably from more than a year ago, uh, doing a Bible study on the letter to the Hebrews and, and not quite getting to the very end of that book. Uh, 
and it's just been on my shelf for all this time. And so to, to finish that, but then there's another one on the Psalms that I would lo had s have started, uh, but need to to get through. Um, but mostly, uh, I don't have a lot of or a long reading list because I know <laughs> that I won't <laughs> won't get finished. <laughs> I do a lot of reading each day, but uh, mostly. Uh, the divine office and from scripture um, yeah it's good to have I've also heard people make a distinction between resolutions and goals mm. and just to I think only with the the thought in mind that with goals we're usually more deliberate on uh, articulating concrete steps mm -hmm, to mm -hmm, take mm -hmm. uh, in attainment of those goals. Whereas a resolution, we might be more vague about wanting to lose weight. or right. And then just we're not real clear on how we're going to accomplish that. But yeah. So then how do you know if you're successful? Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm curious. You mentioned so uh, um, a Bible study in the Hebrews and then commentary in the Psalms. Can I ask who the authors are? The... Is it Mary Healy for the Hebrews one by chance, or is it an older no, one? No, this was a more technical one that one of our professors recommended, because actually in seminary, we had a, a class on every other <coughs> book yeah. of the Bible, right? Uh, at least in like a cursory way, but there was none in which the letter Hebrews. to the Hebrews was included, because hmm. it's no longer included in the Pauline, Pauline letters. Nor is it lumped in with the Catholic letters mm -hmm. of the New Testament. And so he recommended this one during our Eucharist class um, by, a, I believe, a Dutch Jesuit, um, <coughs> is his name Victor Van Hoy? And it's Al Albert? Albert. Father Albert. Yeah, okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, very excellent. Uh, and some linguistic things that. It really interested me as mm. well okay. on how uh, on how they would often translate the divine name of the Old Testament in the Septuagint, uh, and comparing that to how the New Testament, which was written in Greek, how they used some of the same mm. okay. practices. Okay. Wow, all of that was just like way over <laughs> my head. <laughs> That's when you get these two smart people talking, you're like, da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> and then the other the one is Singing in the Rain. Oh, Michael Barber. Pa popularized yeah, yeah, okay. Huh. I'm, I'm actually right now, um, uh, Dr. John Bergsma has a little book on Psalm Basics for Catholics. Hmm. Um, and just a couple other things that God, has, just my own prayer. Um, you mentioned the, the divine office. So as, as a priest, you pray the Psalms on a daily basis. But I think for most of us as lay people, unless we do the divine office, we're not as familiar apart from the responsorial psalm in mass. One thing that Dr. Bergsman recommends in his book is just take, doing five psalm, praying with five psalms a day in order to just get a sense of the entire sure. psalms. So when you say five psalms, what does that mean? In order. So the psalms, there's 150 psalms in the book mm -hmm. of psalms. And so just praying with... Um, five a day, starting at one and going through. So I'm on day five, so I, I read 21 through 25 this morning. Okay. So it's great until you get to 
119 or Chad is like 176 verses. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> check in with me at the end of the month. That's what I was wondering. Does that mean one or two? <laughs> As you get progressing, you can slow down. Well, I think that's probably it for Straight Talk this Great. morning. But there is Straight Talk tomorrow. And so if there was a question that you were on the fence about asking, you can still submit it on Facebook or you can give us a call uh, tomorrow at 877-795-0122. And we can get your answers questions answered get your questions answered yeah, exactly yeah. whatever <laughs> for tomorrow Monsignor Gregory Schleselmann is going to be the guest um, so should be able to answer those questions for you alright we're going to head to a quick break we'll be back in just a few moments we'll be back in just a few moments